0: stadium their silence is deafening 136 israelis are still being held hostage by hamas bring them home home. coming at you live from arizona This is the Blue Heaven Podcast, and my voice is shot. We did a lot of screaming yesterday, but what what is going on, Dodgers Nation? My name is Clint. You can find me as RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. That gentleman right here is Doug McCain, DMac underscore LA, Twitter and Instagram. Thanks for rocking with us as always. Doug, we had a good day at Camelback right across the street. How are you doing today? Give me some thoughts, takeaways uh, from
1: the time at Camelback. And the words of Ice Cube today was a good day, Mr. Paseas. We were out there. We were in the mix. We saw guys Max Muncy hit a dinger. We saw guys getting at work. Ryan Pepio, the footage you took, he looked good out there on the mound. And all these guys are just bought in. Bobby Miller told us that he thinks this is the hardest working team in baseball. And you saw that today. These guys are going through with the process, doing the little things, the grind of being a perennial World Series contender. You see it in person, and it was a sight to see, absolutely.
0: Yeah, and this is games. We're not even playing games yet, so nothing matters, nothing counts. And these dudes are showing up. They're hungry. It was photo day. So it was a little, I guess we'll say jovial feeling going on at Dodger Stadium or Dodgers camp you guys drop in the comments. We want to know where you're representing Dodgers Nation tonight. Yes, we're going to be trying to go. We might not go live every single day, probably not Friday, because me and the boys need a day off at some point or a night out on the town to go get some of that sweet, sweet chilies down the road. But let us know where you guys are repping Dodgers Nation tonight in the comments. We're trying to read as many as we can. Uh, I think we are live on Twitch and YouTube right now. Not sure about Facebook. No Facebook right now, so we'll, we'll eventually get that uh, straightened out. So tell your grandma. In person, to put it on <laughs> through YouTube. But uh, Roach is in the stream. What's going on? Good pal, Roach. He said, had a good day today at my warehouse. Getting heavy on the inbound side. He's going to keep us updated. That's the type of
1: stuff people really need to know about here
0: on Dodgers Nation's wow, YouTube channel. Wow, and on channel. time,
1: Roach. Usually, I know, right? usually he's there with two minutes saying he's right on time, right? So. Nice to have you in, this, in the chat, Roach. How's it going, my man? We've got a Pacifico. That's his beer of choice, too. It's true. Thank you,
0: MH. There you go. We went and bought be. beer. This guy, if he has a thimble of beer, he's going to turn beet red, and he's going to die. So no, we McCain try not to. We try not to. man. Hey. Yeah. I Straight think Scotch. Todd gave us his address. So just send area codes, guys. That's what we're looking for, area codes. I, I hear we left Los Angeles, and it started to like rain and hail and go nuts out in L.A., so... It was windy as hell. Hell Noah turned into a popsicle. He nearly blew away and shattered. It was so windy and cold here at uh, Camelback Ranch in Arizona. Weird weather, very weird weather we got going on here, but that's a very exciting show to talk about the weather. Noah checks into the stream on YouTube, confirms very windy, very cold, nearly died. Joseph checking in from the 707. Uh, Michael Carrillo says rain is coming to LA very soon. Uh, Chio Romero says he's going to Arizona to watch the games. Let's go, Dodgers. Yeah, games start this Saturday. The Dodgers open their Cactus League season on the road in Maryvale against the Milwaukee Brewers. And we got the news today. We have a game one starter who was kind of the unofficial games uh, or number six starter in the rotation last year. Your friend now, Michael Grove. Uh, Give us some Michael Grove thoughts. You talked to him today in the clubhouse. That video is coming up on our YouTube channel uh, very shortly. So do check that out. Subscribe while you're here. YouTube.com slash TV. Leave a comment. If you want Doug to do one of these shows shirtless, uh, send a $57 super chat and he'll do it immediately. Don't do that. But, yeah, <laughs> talk Michael Grove. Talk about uh, him getting, you know, what he had to say about him getting this moment.
1: Yeah, Michael Grove, the Grove, I think it's going to be a big moment for him, definitely getting that first action for the Dodgers out there on the mound. Also, he'll be the first Dodger at the big league level to experience some of the new rules, the pitch clock, not throwing over. So we'll see how he adjusts with that. He told he told me he works fast, so it's not going to necessarily affect him in any way. And I just think this is a guy who has quietly improved because you know the Bobby Millers, you know the Gavin Stones, guys that project to be number one, two, or three starters in the future. But Michael Grove is the guy that came up last year, had six, six starts for the Dodgers and he is a guy that has been improved at the minor league level I think you look all the way back to when the Dodgers protected him from the rule five draft in 2021 only to not have that rule five yeah. draft a lot of Dodger fans out there were saying well why do you want to protect a guy that had a 786 ERA in 71 innings that's because he has improved and last year had six starts with the Dodgers and his final 16 games between OKC and the Dodgers at 3.63 ERA, and he lowered that walk rate. So the big key for him, as he told me today, was commanding that strike zone and throwing strikes, pounding the zone throwing that curveball for strikes. When you see him having success and he, being effective, it's when he's throwing that curveball for strikes. And also he told me that he's working on another pitch, that changeup. If you can add a third pitch to the mix, you got a fastball that ranges anywhere from 93, 95 miles per hour, throwing that curveball and a changeup, he's the guy that can help out this team.
0: Yeah, he's going to be a guy that, that they rely on. A good amount. Him, Pepio, you're going to see a bunch. When we see Bobby Miller, when it's Miller time in Los Angeles, it's going to be for a reason. They want to give him an extended stay or give him that look that one look or something like that, and and get him, uh, give him some homework when he goes back down to Triple A. Maybe a spot start, but when we see Bobby Miller, it's gonna be it's gonna mean business. When we see Michael Grove, it's gonna be part of getting through the grind of a 162 game season. But it's good to talk to Michael Grove. We were there, all of the boys were there in the locker room, hanging out with Michael Grove. Great interview as always with this guy D Mac. So yeah. leave that like button, uh, hit that like button for D Mac and the gun. Show we got in here, Alexander, talking about who's uh who's got the better triceps, hey, Doug <laughs> McCain or uh, what's his name, Alejandro like Pedro? Like Alejandro Pedro might be the wrong one. That's that's me dating myself a bit there, Jeremy Payne. Jeremy <laughs> hey, World Series Anyways. MVP,
1: Jeremy Payne. No, but look, Michael Grove, great opportunity for him. You're happy for him, and I think you brought up a good point is that he's a guy that's almost like a role player mm-hmm. for this team in the sense that last season he came up and he ate <coughs> innings down the stretch for the Dodgers and he prevented some of those bullpen games. Mm-hmm. And like I said, he's has improved. So he's getting better. He's a guy they took out of West Virginia when he had that Tommy John surgery. The Dodgers have seen something in him. It's just about really trying to maximize that potential. His ceiling is an ace, but he's a guy that can be more of a back of your rotation type starter yeah. guy that really embraces the role he has on this team. We
0: know how much Dave Roberts loves the Ross Stripling guy, that Ross Stripling role. Somebody that might relieve a little bit might start six to ten. 15 games in a season. I don't think we'll see him as frequently, infrequently, as we saw Mitch White last year where we saw him, in fact, so often they had to ship him off to elsewhere. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited to see what this kid can do. But if we see a lot of them, then there's other concern. Noah Syndergaard is hurt. True. Uh, Dustin May is hurt. Clayton Kershaw is hurt. If, if you're seeing a lot of Michael Grove, then Ryan Pepio either is not not producing or he's hurt so
1: you don't you 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 hope the best for him but you don't want to see a whole bunch of them you don't want to see a whole bunch of him. I think one thing to also look forward to with those new bases with those new rules that encourage stolen bases is can he keep runners on because He allowed six steals in 29 innings in the show last year. So we'll see how he makes that adjustment. But, yeah, it's all about the command. I mean, he had a 12% walk rate in all three levels, but issued just 18 walks in his final 16 games. So, Clint, I like guys that are trending in the right direction, guys that are showing uh, improvement and, yeah, I think it's big for him just from as a confidence booster too to be that first guy because, look, those are the games you remember in spring training. You remember the first game. Everyone's going to be tuned in. I mean, we're all starving for Dodger baseball. And for Michael Grove to go out there and have success, I think that's going to be big because, yeah, he has flashed. But I think getting off to a good start is going to help him tremendously this spring.
0: Ernie's checking in from Los Angeles. What's up, Joseph Ernie? from seven oh seven, which I think I already said, but if not, Joseph is a Dodgers fan stuck in Giants land. So our thoughts and prayers go out to you. Find a good fight. Uh, David checking in Highland Park. Appreciate you coming out there uh, or hanging out with us. Michael from the nine one three three five, which I believe is somewhere. Uh, Angel Swole from Redlands, California, respect guys, much love from Redlands, appreciate you, Angel Swole, hanging out, Gabriel asking, is there any chance you see Mookie starting at second base, and Hayward in right field, I'll, I'll, I'll tee it up to you, my quick thought on it is, maybe occasionally, full time, not a chance.
1: For Mookie Betts at second base? Yeah. That's really just to prevent injury, keep him engaged during the season. We heard recently that maybe he ends his career at second base, and you consider Mookie's athleticism, how he can play that position – any position on the diamond that Mookie wants to play, he's going to be able to play that at an elite level. You see his work ethic, but we're talking about a not a, just a Gold Glove winner, Gold Glove Award winner, a perennial Gold Glove Award winner Winner in right field. He's got a hose of an arm. You get the most value of him at, thir- at right field compared to second base. So I want to see Mookie in right field, but it is fun. I love seeing him turn those double plays, and we'll see. If, I mean, if the team gets decimated by injuries and Mookie wants to step up and you have a surplus of outfielders, If they work out, you just brought in Peralta, and we know some of these other guys can play those corner outfield spots. Chris Taylor, I think, is going to see more outfield than he is infield this season once again. But, yeah, Mookie is going to be in right until further notice.
0: They made some late moves. I think these late moves were really key at giving Dave what he loves, the optionality of some stuff. You bring up the David Peralta, very good pull. If Trace Thompson could be anything like he was last year – but ideally hitting left-handed pitching more than right-handed, uh, yeah, you could see Mookie get more days off at second base, especially with the plan that, uh, of J.D. Martinez being the full-time DH. Uh, we know DH is a half-day off in the eyes of the Dodgers and, and Dave Roberts. Um, so you gotta find you gotta be creative to get Mookie days off. He should not be playing 162 games. If he can get 150 some odd, that's probably a good pocket for him. But uh, a lot more. We we haven't even started playing games here in Arizona. So uh, let's have let's let's wait yeah. a little bit. You will see Mookie M- playing a lot of second base though uh, with. He gets Team USA, for, and I think that's oh, going to be kind of yeah, fun. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be, that'll now, be interesting Mookie is right see. where
1: he needs to be, and that's in right field. And, and to me, Clint, I look at some of these right fielders we saw growing up and power hitters. He had 35 home runs last season. He had those nine Deleted. pounds of muscle. He swole Mookie. I just feel like you play that second base position, it's going to be a Jeff Kent or a Jose Altuve type or someone like that that hits for some pop. Now, I want to see him in right field because he's not going to have to think as much. He plays that position at such an elite level. He's going to be in right field.
0: What does he say though? They pay me to go out in right field. Gabriel's checking in from Tijuana. Thank you for hanging out with us. Gabriel. Gabriel, I overdid it there. Chio says Grove has so much potential or has much potential to be great. Yeah, I mean, any really any pitcher drafted and and brought up by this Dodgers front office and this, this pitching crew uh, that we got to spend a little bit of time around. And by the way, Mark Pryor is still a very imposing man to be next yeah. to, and when you're a shorter Hispanic boy like me. Nando 390, uh, if Clint lost his voice and they must have been raging hard last night. Absolutely not. <laughs> we were dead last night. We were raging on the car ride over, though, playing. The weather outside it's was very, raging. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also stupidly left because, okay, in our Airbnb, and I need to reach out to the homeowners but for this. some reason the heater the heater's on in Arizona but it, it's like set to like 80 at night and your boy don't like sleeping in the heat so I let the windows open, but then it started gale force wind, rain in the middle of Shout the night, and everything. <laughs> Shout out to Gail. So anyways, that did not help my uh, your boy's throat. Yeah. I we got to gotta hack- lower the
1: heater. So if the owner of this Airbnb is watching this, drop the access code to the heater down below in the comments. We'd really appreciate that. Yeah. We know you're watching. Or, or yeah.
0: make the access code in the amount of a super chat. I think it's a five-digit access code, right? Four, four. Di- four. Hey, that like a great $1, idea. One thousand dollars plus. Anyways, uh, we had paper. a we had a comment that asked uh, some thoughts on Dalton rushing. Uh, I got nothing. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Bring them home. They, uh...
1: The kid can rake. I mean, what more can yeah, you say? Yeah, it's just yeah. Dodgers the next... doing what the Dodgers do. Exactly. I mean, they have this Diamonds in the rough. For, for the, exactly. The, the diamonds in the rough, the catchers, <laughs> and guys that they know they can come up in the system and produce. And that's what this organization does best. And at some point, they are going to have to make a decision with some of these guys whether to trade them or have them change positions. But, yeah, rushing is a guy that has a lot of Dodger fans excited and for good reason because the guy, he's – Got bat to ball skills and the ability to rake that are well beyond his years. So I'm excited about him. He's also another one of those guys, too, it feels like a Michael Bush who we've seen rake throughout the minor league system. Hit 32 bombs last year and we just haven't seen him get his opportunity. So when you're a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers, you develop these great prospects, but you also have great players at the big league level, and they bring in guys. I mean, just yes. the, over the last month, look at the talent they brought in. So, yeah, it's a good problem to have, but at some point, it does stunt their development. You don't get those opportunities. But that's when you know, though, when the when they get an opportunity for the Dodgers, then they are truly ready in this organization's eyes, and they're ready to do some big things.
0: Yeah, that was one of the things, and this interview is coming soon, but you talked to Gavin Stone today about you know his kind of – uh, you know, an underslot draft pick or overslot, whatever it is, like. He was the second-to-last pick, I think, in the 2020 draft, that shortened five-round draft. And, like, what it means coming to this organization, how they how they breed you to be better at your craft. Um, well, you're seeing with a lot of the other guys come in here, too. They, they want to come here to be better. at Talking to Alex Reyes, he wanted to come here to be better at his craft. So a couple more interviews coming at you on the YouTube channel soon. I, I scattered all over the place with that. You confirm, a, though. I had a real good thought at one point, but then it just went... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alex Cora your thoughts. Huh? Yeah, you got to get that. No, but, but, yeah, I mean, get back to Stoner, though. By the way, we can't confirm. He told us his nickname is Stoner. So, good times. So,
0: Dave Roberts will call him Stoney.
1: Stoney. 100%. Stoney! <laughs> ah! No, but, yeah, I think you bring up a great point that some of these later-round draft picks, these underslot guys that end up in this organization, it really ends up – better for their careers than maybe being a high draft pick for an organization that doesn't know how to develop as well as the Dodgers. And Gavin Stone is a perfect example. I was really impressed with him. I think the presence, the moxie that I think he possesses, He's going to be special. I truly believe that. Special day. It's a special day. Ruben
0: checking in. 818 San Fernando. Thank you for hanging out with us. Ruben Alexander Z on top of the tricep. Love here from DMAC. Also wants to see Corbin Burns and Shohei Otani as Dodgers in 2024. I think everybody (laughs) would want that. Gary A checking in. He said, from the broom closet studio to y'all kitchen. What? uh, It's not our kitchen. It's Airbnb kitchen. Shout out this house. Right across the street. It,
1: a stone's throw away from Campbell Brack Ranch st- dirt. Hey. We are cooking <laughs> up you content from this kitchen, so that's all I have to say. Hey. And I think that this is a Oh,
0: you guys gotta watch Doug. Doug is a master in the kitchen, like I did not buy enough mayonnaise at Walmart last night. That's
1: what, yeah. that's what we learned. I had a little bread and turkey with my mustard and mayonnaise. That's all I'm saying. I like me some I've mustard. Never, and I've mayonnaise.
0: never seen such a wet sandwich. It was squishy, bro.
1: How do you guys like your condiments in <laughs> your sandwich? Let me know. I like me some mustard. Some Shout out Carl Buttig,
0: our friend, Rody, Tacoma, Washington, checking in. And appreciate you. Joseph Torres, the Padres are better than the Dodgers. 100 We'll see. That's why there's 162 games <sighs> to see who eventually is better. Freestyle, no cap. West Hills, or well, West West Hills. Hey, a percent. Let's, yeah. go. let's West go. West Hills in the heezy. Uh, R-Dub, wants, he asked a number of times about Andy Pajas. Andy Pajas, Paige's Pajas, looking good. He lost like 25 pounds. He's, he, he looked like he wasn't overwhelmed being in that clubhouse.
1: No, and he's another guy that's so confident in his ability as a hitter. He hits the ball so hard, has that raw power that he's not afraid. And he's another guy that you can tell is just waiting for that opportunity. And when he gets it, we'll see if he sees it. I mean, there's a lot of prospects out there. I mean, there's a lot of prospects that I think have a great chance of having success for the Dodgers. He's absolutely one of them. But I think that this time of year when you – are exposed to a lot of these prospects or a lot of these up-and-comers. You think, oh, this is going to be the next this guy. This is going to be the next that guy. The reality is about 70% of prospects don't have an impact at the big league level. But you have to scratch off those lottery tickets and see if you have a winner. And you trust the raw stuff. You trust the, the hard hit rate and the bat-to-ball contact. And Pajes is a guy that uh, I think has a chance to be a, to be a legitimate big leaguer. Yeah. Alexander Z is repping, man. I can tell yeah. he rocks with us because it's time by the Otani, the Burns. Have you missed any of our videos? Probably not. Shout out to Alex Z. Appreciate you, my yeah, man. He, always rocking with us. Always
0: rocking with <laughs> DN. No. Uh, we'll get we'll try to get some some Andy Pajas. I'm not I don't know how good his English is, so Juan might need to help us out. But uh, trying to get hey, we're gonna be out here a long time. So Doug's trying to get everybody. He's trying to get the he's trying to get the janitor, you know, he's trying to get Julio and Julio Sponza in here. We're like, we're ready to rock, roll deep on that DN content. So let's go. Um, Alexander Z, Fire Dave Roberts. So we're we are very good. This is a, a usual stream. Uh, right now Craig Osterberg 3110 uh the 310 the 310 hanging out with us in the stream. Noah cameras can confirm that Doug Sandwich looked nasty. Michael Carrillo giving you some advice just cook some pasta. It's easy. Doug will burn the water, I can confirm, because he's too worried about making sure he gets you that fire content. He doesn't know how to control the heat. <laughs> let's go. Let's get into this. Um let's talk a little bit about sight and sounds going on at 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 Camelback today. Uh, you know, you and, and Noah were were getting some stuff uh in and around the clubhouse. Me and Cody were rolling deep on the backfields. Um We saw a lot of, of good stuff on the backfields with the pitchers doing their thing. I mean, this is that point where Everybody's just going out, stretching, and hitting off each other. Uh, Ryan Pepeo was throwing. We got some really good footage on our Instagram of Ryan yeah. Pepio throwing. Check it out. More of Sight and Sounds coming up on our uh, YouTube or probably when you talk to Pepio again this week or next week. Um, Change-up looked good. Dave Roberts <laughs> very much liked what he saw to Ryan Pepeo on the bump today, and I think he didn't allow a hit when he was throwing live BP. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, but whatever, the stats don't count in Live VP Yeah, but he was also yeah, he was facing Freddie, Mookie. One note. Oh, that 's right. Freddie did get the hit. One thing that was cool in these, these type of situations when you're paying attention to every little thing. Freddie saw Peppio tipping. And uh, that was one of the things I noticed. I filmed it, so we'll get that out. We'll get a clip out somewhere. But it's like the little things you, you notice and you find in spring training. It's like he was talking about something – I don't know, it's, it doesn't look very good. But he was talking about something like in his lower hip um, with the glove in the hand and then all that kind of stuff. So uh, kind of interesting to see that, you know, Freddie Freeman being a veteran. Freddie Freeman notably taking over Justin Turner's uh, locker in the clubhouse. You've been there last, uh, just last year, the last couple of years. I've been in, that, in and out of that clubhouse for a couple of years. That kind of telling about the whole idea of the new leader of this Dodger uh, organization, or I guess field staff, whatever, set it up great.
1: Yeah, that's definitely one of the first things that hit me when I walked into that clubhouse was looking over at Justin Turner's locker and seeing Freddie Freeman right over there. He was... Four or five lockers down last season. And this whole entire clubhouse, just in general, the the vibe of it, it just feels like it's a Mookie, Freddie, and Kershaw show. Kershaw is the guy that there's just oh, aura around him at all times. You don't mess with him. Yeah, but, you got dudes kneeling in front of him. It's great, man. Hey, we're all big believers in Christianity, right? But you look at the corner where you have Freddie Freeman and we have, we have Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. They're just a little more lively. I mean, yeah. I just think that they feel more comfortable as Dodgers. They feel more of an ownership to this team and being the leaders of this team. And I think it's pretty interesting, too, because look at this offseason. Freddie Freeman, he gets his old pal in Jason Hayward. They broke into the bigs back in 2010 at the age of 20. And then Mookie gets J.D. Martinez back. So it feels like this organization is saying these are our two guys and we're not only going to try to put a World Series contender around clear. these guys – we're going to keep them happy while really doing that. Point. I think that's the model for this organization moving forward is hey, we're going to not only bring in these superstars, we're going to cater to them. We are going to if they don't want to talk to the media. They won't talk to the media. We if they want to bring in also probably just because it's a hungry team that's starting a new season, but yeah, it definitely was a different feel than it was last year. Yeah. And it's, just
0: it's still early in, in yeah in yeah. the whole spring slate too again. These dudes aren't even playing fake games yet. Like Dave talked about in his uh his a full team meeting, you know, this is going to get monotonous real quick, and that's that's what you'll see more of it. But right now, yeah, soak up that exuberance. Yeah, I very, we all very much recommend you guys go into the clubhouse before spring training game starts. Just get yourself a
1: pass. Get all it's, those interviews it's really done. Just tell X me, Dmac
0: underscore LA, they'll <laughs> let you right in.
1: Hey, no, but I actually want to get back to your point. Sorry for hitting you. Uh, I just want to get back to your point about Ryan Pepio I think really? that was a great uh, observation <laughs> that you made there on the pitch tipping. I actually didn't see that. He told me all about it. And I think kind of my observations from Pepio and I want to get your opinion on this too. Is he just felt so much more comfortable and poised yes. out there? Like he belonged out there and that he kind of shed the whole, oh, do I have it? That self doubt. Am I a legitimate big yeah. league pitcher? Because he was last year's Gavin Stone, right? He was 100%. the guy that people talked about had that world class changeup. And yes, he did have his ups and downs at the big league level, but he also flashed. And the fact remains when he has that command, he can be effective at this level. And I think during his at bats today, he had a much better control of that strike zone when I was looking at him. So for him, it's that's what it's really about, is controlling that strike zone and just kind of working his way and finding a role for this team. Because let's not forget, one of the reasons why I think there is a great energy in that clubhouse is there is legitimate competition across the yes. board with so many guys. But yeah, I think it was cool to see that moment that you talked about with uh, Pepio. And then you gonna and, yeah, did you tweet that thing about with uh, Doc... F and A. Oh, that was great. Yeah, a big uh, league spit. F, yeah, it
0: was great stuff. Check it out at Blue Heaven Pod is yeah. where I posted. That's very not safe for work, kids. It's such a, it's such a baseball like that's such a baseball video like. Spin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave, like, oh, That's the thing that, and that's where you know Dave. What he gives the media is a lot different than what he is with his guys. And when he's with his guys, you saw we saw him hanging out with with uh, Freddie Mookie and and uh, and Jason Hayward. He's in there. Dave's a shit talker. He is, very much a D- despite uh, uh, you know the popular belief of what Trey Turner thinks. This is a shit talking team. They have fun. Trey Turner, I don't know what he wants from <laughs> his recent interviews, Play but uh, yeah, Dave. Dave's a ball player, and he's very, an very old school ball. And player. And that was yeah. that was
1: yeah. a big league spit.
0: He was like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a big league spit right yeah, there. It was like An eighty grade spit, eighty yeah, grade that, spit. That spit can yeah. go and steal a base right now in the World Series. <laughs>
1: Very much yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. But, yeah, Dave, Dave's, Dave's that he guy. He's rah-rah,
0: and you've seen, we've all seen the clips. He goes around to everybody. Uh, he's you guy's love confidence. Dave. But, um, yeah, I like uh, getting back to your point about Pepio. There's a there's different Pepio and a Stepio. As D- Doug McCain would say, he's carrying himself with a different b- bravado on the field. Like, he looked like he belonged. I, I got some video of him uh, doing his long toss or, or ending his long toss. You know, he takes off the... The hat, the show flow. I'm waiting for – Cody, i got to find that footage for you because it's some real good stuff, and you're going to want to slow-mo that, make it a Pantene commercial yeah. for flow for Peppy. That's show flow. Yeah, that's base level. I was actually going to ask you that
1: earlier. Do you think Michael Grove made the mistake of cutting his show flow? Because as a pitcher, mm. you might want to keep the show flow – Gives you a, one or two more miles per hour, a little more depth and break on your slider. I mean,
0: you know, we, we saw what, what happened with uh, with uh, Brian Wilson back in the day. It kind of didn't That's work out. When he, That's a good point. That's a good point. When he had to de himself a little bit. Um, but also but yeah, another
1: note on Pepio. Be high on Pepio is my last point. There you go, buy all the Pepio stock. But, yeah, I think my uh, other, obs- uh, my other uh, thing I want to point out with Pepio, too, I was talking to him, he said that his wife's – his, his father-in-law and their family was in town watching them. Yeah, we him, were right so. next to him watching them. yeah. So you got that extra Pepio and your Stepio, too, just knowing you want to impress them and show out. And, yeah, I think that was a really a big takeaway for me. I mean, I was really impressed with his whole Demeter and his moxie, as they say.
0: <coughs> yeah, we were hanging out next to, uh, you know, the Pepio uh, clan, uh... uh um. Andre Jackson's family was there as well. He he ended up pitching afterwards. Gave a base knock to Austin Barnes, but you know, Barnesy looking good. Barnesy looking like the grizzled veteran he is, but about time to move on from the, the Pepeo where big Pepio stands here. He came up to me in the clubhouse, dat me up. You know, I'm like my boy here, look at this guy. Look at this pretty man right here. <laughs> <laughs> <Excuse me>? Wow. <laughs> Moving on. Other things I saw, I know you, you and Noah were on the more boring side of the field of, of what's going on <laughs> at Camelback. And you know, maybe that was intentional, but, um, you know, we got to see Cody and I got to see. I keep pointing off this way because Cody's like right there. Um, producer Cody, shout him out, give him some love in the comments. Uh, we they they had good infield drills going on. Um, Right now, defensively, does not just seem uh, uh, Miguel Vargas does not seem to be hindered at all by that fractured uh, pinky on his throwing hand. He was doing all of his uh, drills at second base and looking good. He was also doing a little bit of work at third base, so they might still try to keep him, you know, mobile on the infield. Uh, one thing I, I thought. Um, I don't know if it's it, – it didn't. I guess it stood out a little bit. Uh, Chris Taylor was was fielding grounders at short with Gavin Lux, who, we again, we can confirm he has bulked up. Uh, he took the Doug 90X and got, got that got that gun show going this offseason. Got that dog in him. But, uh, you know, Chris Taylor, Dave talked about it uh, yesterday, earlier this week, that, you know, he was kind of hindered last year by that elbow on all facets of his game. But seeing him back in the infield back at short, it looks like, Um, he is somebody they will consider as a backup at short for either a day off or lux or an injury or whatever it is. And for what it's worth, Miguel Rojas, who changes his shoes like three times on the field for some reason, they're all heat.
1: Yeah, it's kick game strong. All heat.
0: Miggy Rowe, keep the shoe game strong. I want to see new cleats every inning in a ball game.
1: Those Kobe's were actually not even cleated. He was just yeah, going those, straight sneakers. I those mean, are, yeah, those are just. Yeah, like you can go barefoot, barefoot Terps, style.
0: But, but Miguel Rojas and Max Muncie were doing all the fielding. At, or not all, but yeah. a lot of the fielding at third base. But uh, thoughts on on seeing, uh, you know, CT back on the infield dirt, back at his home position of shorts. something he's talked about a lot in the offseason that he
1: kind of wishes he could play more. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway with that is that it means he's healthy. It means he's not feeling any ill effects from surgeries last year. He was banged up, had the fractured foot. He was dealing with stuff all season, and you didn't get the most value out of him. You saw him just in the outfield, and yes, there's no question about it. Chris Taylor can play the shortstop position at the big league level on a competent level. The only issue is you want to mix him around. He's not going to be your everyday shortstop. We know the Dodgers have full faith that Gavilux can get the job done. And if that doesn't work out, you pivot to a Miguel Rojas. But there is a situation where we know Chris Taylor does not need to be in the opening day lineup. He does not even need to be a starter. He will find his way on the field. Injuries always inevitably occur, and that's when he steps up. That's when you get the value of the Chris Army knife, and I think you will see him in the outfield, but I am excited to see him in the infield, and we did see that towards the end of last season. It's not like he didn't play any infield, but look, he's said it in the past that that's his favorite position to play. He likes the reads off the bat. He's athletic enough to play the position, but... You don't want Chris Taylor as your everyday shortstop because, one, it's a it's a physically demanding position. He's a guy who's been banged up. I would prefer to keep him out of center field and short, at the shortstop position, kind of play him there in a pinch. But also, too, like I said, they gave him that four-year, $60 million contract because of his versatility. And I think that he continues and gets back to being the Chris Taylor that we saw last year. Also, too, we need to see him – Jo- we need uh, first of all, I lost my train of thought because I saw the Kenny that I got at the Denny's <laughs> yesterday. I won this Kenny in the claw machine. I spent five dollars I said at the fifth dollar that was it, and I got it on the fifth try, so hey. give it up to me, but hey, uh, shout
0: out Denny's
1: It's about that lifestyle no, it, it it's not Denny's it's Kenny's' like yeah. um. <laughs> By the way, you know the Grand Slam was called that because of Hank Aaron. Okay, I digress. But, yeah, kind of getting back to Chris Taylor, Clint, I think, yeah, it'd be great to see him play some shortstop because that's exciting. But also, we need to see him get back on track at the plate and be more like the Chris Taylor of old. Last year, had a strikeout rate of over 35%. That was second lowest behind Joey Gallo. So, yeah, we need (laughs) to see him improve.
0: We know Chris Taylor is going to strike out, but he's also got to make better contact with the ball, harder contact with the ball, more consistent contact with the ball, find some gaps, and you really hope that uh, the, re- the re- uh, shift restrictions will help him out along with a, a few other dudes uh, going into
1: 2023. No question. Great points. Great points there is that striking out is a yeah. part of his game. You just want to see him get back to more his career norm, some in 26 27%, but I will say I'm in fear a little bit of... Chris Taylor becoming the next Cody Bellinger in that he's going to be the scapegoat, the guy that fans ride on when the team doesn't have success or he goes through big slumps. Yeah, but
0: that yeah, comes with bigger uh, bigger contracts, come with uh, a yeah, scapegoat for sure. opportunity.
1: For sure. And at this point, I mean, you have to say it, that contract, you know, he's the modern-day Ben Zobris, right? I mean, that contract really hasn't really hasn't paid dividends at this point, but we're just right in the middle of it. And he has a really nice year this year. He's going to get back on track. And I will say too, he's such a gamer that a lot of guys last year, they would have missed half the season, but we know it's hard to keep him off the field.
0: Another one of the things that Dave Roberts pointed out that this guy is a gamer. Got a lot of good comments. I want to get into the comments for a second. I point off this way because this is where the comments are. So this is where comments live. That's where Cody lives. That's where Kenny lives right now. (laughs) Shout out Kenny. Uh, I want to, I want to transition a little bit into, to more of in the clubhouse, uh, you know, after after all the work around uh, is done around the fields, you know, the boys go in the clubhouse, they shower, they get the hell out of there. Uh, you know, early days, uh, early in spring, but um, I kind of. Uh, a commandeered part of your conversation with Gavin Lux off camera and Gavin Lux uh just hearing him talk about it we've seen some of the interviews he's done with with SportsNet and and at other places but but hearing him talk to you um and by proxy me openly about uh how um Different, How much better he feels about every facet of moving back to short, particularly on the throwing, because every Dodger fan knows, especially the fair weather fans, they'll throw it at, at him as an attack like, oh, this guy can't throw. He can't throw moving to second base as a shortstop. That is a much uh, shorter throw All in on the Gavin Lux era. And I, I doubled down. I will retweet that. I feel even better about it uh, after hearing him talk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You can feel his excitement heading into this season. You can also feel that he has put in the work. And it's not just that he's looking swole, that he's got – that Gavilux has really added some muscle. And he told me – he said he – he's told me – Face to face, that I want to hit more than six home runs this that year. That was great. And line. I told him, hey man, you're gonna you're gonna top Aaron Judge and hit 63. So I think the thing with Gavin Lux too is like the point you were talking about. <laughs> I went up to him, I said, hey look, I tell a lot of Dodger fans out there that are concerned about you moving to shortstop. That why were they concerned about you going to second base? Because that was the adjustment was going yep. from short to second. Great. And when you're a player like Gavin Lux who plays so much better when he's free out there on the diamond, when he's not thinking too much, when he's playing the shortstop position, he can just rear back and launch that throw and make those throws and he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world but it's strong enough to get the get the job done also when you look at the athleticism and kind of the physicality that he plays the position with I think that his athleticism is going to stand out this year I mean he's top 30 in sprint speed he is an athlete on the diamond and you can feel that this organization is going to give him an extremely long runway and I think that He's a guy where – look, I think he has an outside shot of making the all-star team this year. I really do. I Ooh. think that the power – Old
0: proclamations here from DMac.
1: I mean, if you look at his numbers before the injury last season, hitting around 300, the bat-to-ball skills, then it kind of fell off a cliff. If you add that bat-to-ball and with some power this season – I mean, you're talking about a guy that could easily be a 130 WRC-plus type yeah. of hitter with some pop. I'm all in.
0: Like I said, I'm all in on Gavin Lux. I think he's done he's, – he's put in the work – uh, you know, one of the things he mentioned to you is about about keeping that strength during the season, finding yeah. that routine to work out. Because he admitted it's long season, you get tired. But keeping the workout, you know, even uh, he's he's one of the guys who went to to drive line with Mookie. Mookie heard from drive line, put on more weight. It's going to help your strength. Maybe Lux was playing a little too skinny. He looks more jacked. He put in the work. Maybe it it, it just it keeps him more, uh, you know, keeps him healthier, more. Uh, the pro- productivity more sustainable throughout uh, the full course of a 162 game season. Another guy, it's not. Uh, this is a, a, playing 162 games. That is a bygone era. You don't need to do that. But anyways, um, we'll have way more on Lux as the season uh, gets yeah. We're gonna interview closer, him closer. So. But shout out super chat from our boy Mr. Rasa Junior. 23 kicks in a hundred bucks. I don't know where all you people get. Hundred dollars? I've never seen that in my life. But we appreciate the love. We appreciate this. Uh, Donate a hundred dollars towards food. Get something better than Denny's. LOL. Shout out to Kenny. Go Dodgers. Love you for that. Appreciate the super chat, Mister Ron Junior Twenty Three. You know these boys over here keep talking about wanting to go back to Denny's. We mostly went to Denny's last night because we was dead tired. And that was fine dining to me. Yeah, fine. and it was right next to the Walmart yeah. where we needed to go do our Art shopping. Michelin's, but um, that's, that's a great one. Gary Lee's checking in the stream. He says, Clint need a shot of whiskey to fix that throat. I did not buy whiskey. I only bought Pacifico. But but these boys don't drink with me because they soft. So. Bro,
1: he's tripping, man. Crush Brew. Tell me Chuck McCain in the streets. All right, why are you lying? Anyways,
0: appreciate uh, all the love in in the stream, guys, as always. Uh, Let's dig into uh, some of the comments here, and then we'll get more into the clubhouse chats because I do want to talk more about Bobby Miller. This guy spent some time with Bobby Miller uh, in the clubhouse today. Carnivorous Lunar Activity, going back a little bit, we were talking about the difference in the clubhouse in the post-JT era. Says, sometimes change is good. Fully agree on that. We don't need to dive into that too much right now because, again, these comments are a bit further back. Ziggy says, I say we hire Clinton Doug as co-managers and win it all. Let's ride, baby. You down to win a chip? Let's go, baby. Titletown, USA. That's what's in. Be the um, Bob Garrett. <laughs> Ziggy says, Cody, you can be the hitting coach. You got this. Yeah, you got that dog in him. I, I've seen it. I've seen you in. I've seen you in office baseball. Struck him out a few times back in the day. Brian wants to see. Um, well, it says CT3 used to be our leadoff hitter. Now he's competing with other guys for a spot. Shows you how many great players the Dodgers bring in and develop. Really good point. I mean, that 2017 team was pretty magical. We talked a little bit about that last night um, amid the whole Mookie cheating thing. And my God, does last night sound like such a long time ago it really in does. saying it that way. But, um, yeah, that was a very good team. CT, uh, CT was very good in that leadoff spot that year. But – <laughs> Mookie Betts is the leadoff hitter, and that's insane. He also yeah. had a, a short era of Trey Turner doing that, but Marcus Lynn Betts is the leadoff hitter. That That's, that's pretty nuts. Siggy also says, uh, I think I saw somebody say that we we need uh, they need us to do the pre- and post-game and uh, that <coughs> that uh, John Hartung and Jay, Jay Hare have nothing on us. I love John Hartung. He's a friend of the show. Technically, both of them are friends of the show, but um, – that's a hard job. That's a lot. Of yeah, I
1: think they crush it. I mean, just give me the opportunity, I wouldn't turn it down. You know what I, mean? so <laughs> I would do both. I would do both. Yeah. I would do
0: this one first, we're, and then we're gonna need more on super chats for for sure. Uh, Eddie asked him what the weather's like. Well, it was cold in here. It's hot because again, I need to fix the the heater with the the homeowner. <laughs> it, it's a little bit better. Yeah, it's not blowing because it's right above me. So it was we just fix. basically reflecting. We gotta fix. Oh, you gotta fix. Yeah, we gotta fix. Let's go. Uh, Noah confirming in the chat. We're eating better than Denny's tonight. <laughs> That's awesome. We Chili's. we we're going to Chili's. Let's go. Disrespect to Denny's. Uh, Ichigo uh, fifteen says Xander over Lux. Hey, again, 162 games. Who, who do you think? Who you got? Who's going to have the better season? Lux. Try to take the bias out of it. Lux or Xander Bogarts. Well, I got bro 200. hugged by Lux today, so I got to go with Gavin Well, Lux. Yeah, you, yeah. you bro hugged Lux. Okay, I Okay, I, bro, yeah. okay, I initiated but it, the bro but hug. It, yeah. But yeah, it seemed like it was like
1: was a 70-30, Maybe like a seventy. <laughs> I've seen 90, ten. I've
0: seen other media try to hug these players, and it feels really uncomfortable and awkward, and and kind of like like charity service on the players' part. But that was bro. That
1: yeah, was bro. look, I mean, I think obviously Zambo. Yeah, bro. look, bro. I mean, look, if bro. we're being completely honest taking my Dodger blue colored glasses off for a second. Xander Bogarts is the established shortstop. He's a guy that is an all-star level. He's more of a proven shortstop. So I think that I'd be lying to you guys if I said that I could just say here outright that Gavin Lux to have a better season than Xander Bogarts, but I don't think that that's the conversation with Gavin Lux. I think the goal for him right now is to firmly establish himself as a big league shortstop as the long-term solution at shortstop for the Dodgers. He's got that influx of strength, and I think that's Gonna pay off, but yeah, I we'll see. I mean, a little too early for that. But I do think when you consider value-wise, when you consider the fact that they paid him that big bag, 11 years, 280 million for Xander Bogarts, that's how you have to look at the value they're providing each team. So yeah, I still feel good about Gavin Lux, and like I said, I think if I could pick one player on this team to get off to a great start it would be Gavin Lux because I think that it's going to go a long way. And he's a guy that is just a different player when he's playing with confidence. And that's what you want to see. But, yeah, is that a a Padres fan out there? Yeah, a Padres fan. uh, We we always appreciate our Padres
0: fans in here. Uh, I'll just say this. I don't think there's going to be as big of a difference between the numbers as you would think. Xander probably puts together a better year. He should. He's getting paid for it. But Lux – don't sleep on my boy Gavin Lux. I'm just saying, on the road with Gator and Bunny says, where does Vargas fit in? He is, uh, by all accounts, your starting second baseman on opening day. That's the way it feels, and I don't think it. It's dependent on on who's starting. I don't think it's handed base. I think it's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be all on uh, on on Vargas at second base. Um, Jamie Lannister said Bogarts will suck, uh, suck butt in Petco. Uh, he can only hit at Fenway. That is – he does have those – maybe the Fenway numbers, that short left yeah. porch there with My the green My big takeaway monster. is I'm just
1: banking an athlete that starts with the letter X, really – that's kind of my takeaway here for yeah. the game well, we've, we've learned. We've it's
0: hard to come up with athletes to come up with the letter L-A-X X, or X the first name X, but yeah. All right, uh, we talked Lux, but let's talk about it in the clubhouse again. We got this guy's got interviews coming up with a few more players, so stay tuned on our YouTube channel, youtubecom so it's Dodge Station TV. Bell, like, comment, money, grandma, all that stuff. But uh, you talked to Bobby Miller today, really good stuff from B Mill fifteen. Um, it's big, this is a big time spring training for the kid um he got he got exposure last year mostly looked good kind of showed but didn't get that cup of coffee probably mostly because of 40 man roster restrictions but here's a clip uh that we got from the locker room today from Bobby Miller go uh,
1: I mean obviously uh I, mean, I want to make it up to the big stage, but, I mean, that's not the biggest thing. Obviously, the hardest part is staying there. I mean, everybody wants to be a contributor to the team, pitching the playoffs. I mean, I want to pitch a the World Series one day, so and I want to do a really good job at it and be a contributor to the team. Um, I mean, yeah, it's everyone that wants to be great, so, I mean, I'm going to go out there and make it happen. And when it comes to this season and some of your goals, what are some of those goals your for the season?
0: Miller. Um not the most exciting kid to talk to, for sure, but he's a good kid, uh, fan, a friend of the show. He, li- he listened to the Diego Cartaya, but yeah, kind of react to, to you know what he had to say in that uh, in the clubhouse and your extended take of of your time talking to him and what he's kind of you know taking into this spring training.
1: Yeah, I think the thing that really struck me from his responses, you ask a lot of the go- a lot of you ask a lot of guys those questions about their goals and what their plans are, and they'll give you a lot of these cliche answers where they're talking about oh whatever the team needs me to do, I just want to win. But when I asked him the word goals, and he said, he mentioned playing in the World Series, winning a World Series, that kind of stuff. I mean, that's what really impressed me. It, it shows you the expectations that he has for himself. And when it comes to minor league pitchers. This guy has top 10 stuff, and this guy has the potential in the ceiling to be an absolute frontline starter. And everyone talks about that electric four-seam fastball. Averages anywhere from 96 to 100 miles per hour. It topped out at 102 miles per hour. But there's some scouts that say that that might even be his fourth best pitch because his other pitches in his legitimate four-pitch mix are all above average. The only issue with him is commanding that fastball. That seems to be the issue with pretty much most pitchers trying to make it. But, yeah, I think he has that cert it factor. He really has that it factor. I mean, we're talking about his cleat game and some of the cleats he was talking about for a potential major league debut and you can tell that he's digging thinking- far ahead. He's thinking big time. I Maybe mean, not that far. I even told him about I even, I even joked with him. I, just, I said, hey, man, you got to get yourself a Jordan brand deal, then you don't have to pay for these. And he goes, that's the plan. So, look, I mean, that's how he feels about himself, and you can see he has that quiet confidence in his ability. He knows he's nasty. He knows he's electric. I do yeah. think Dodger Stadium is going to be Bobby's world. Like you said earlier, I think it's going to be Miller time. And the thing I think he does need to work on with a lot of scouts, say, when they evaluate him, is that fastball should probably miss more bats. It should probably get a little more strikeouts. More, but more
0: bats and It should, should hit the strike zone a, a bit more often. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, you guys can go and check out the article on our DodgersNation.com. But uh, Noah, our Noah Cameras uh, spoke with ESPN uh, earlier. I think it was last month. Uh, Kylie McDaniel, who is ESPN's big-time prospects guru, one of the things uh, he mentioned was – it's gotta, gotta hit the command, but but a good takeaway is like the floor, the absolute basement floor for this kid is a lights out reliever, somebody he kind of equated to an Eric Gagne. So if that turns out to be the floor, it's pretty friggin' impressive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you can get a lights-out multi-inning reliever, I mean, that's where the game is trending anyway. You're seeing less innings by starters, especially in this organization. But I still feel when you consider the fact that he's emerged as the Dodgers' top prospect, he's a guy that they've invested heavily in, not only financially, but also just from a developmental standpoint, that you want to see him be an ace-level pitcher. At the very least, a middle of your rotation starter that has electric stuff. But if he does pan out as a top-level reliever, it would be somewhat of a disappointment. But, I mean... Look at the fact that he's contributing at the big league level. If he is, can you imagine how much his stuff would play up in short bursts? But I will say one thing: he does need to work on is having more success with runners on base. Because when you look at his numbers, the runners on base where the base is empty versus with runners are on, it's pretty staggering. Last year, opponents had a 5.22 OPS when the bases were empty. That number jumped up to 7.86 yeah. with runners on base. The velocity dips. You see less swing and miss. And I think one of the issues too is. Maybe you should, I mean, going from the stretch to the windup, I mean, he needs to get a little more comfortable doing just that. So he's not quite there yet, but when you see his stuff and the work he puts in, you see he's embraced kind of the Dodger way he talked to me about Clayton Kershaw, how I think one of the things that that there's nothing wasted with Clayton Kershaw. He's the hardest worker, and you can tell it's really rubbed off on him. To me, it almost reminds me of a less fiery and passionate version of Walker Buehler yeah. from a confidence standpoint. Because Buehler, first of all, I'll tell you first and foremost, this guy can talk smack with the best of them. Walker Buehler is elite in that. I remember reading uh, Pedro Moore's book where Buehler talks about how he went to that clubhouse and told everyone he averaged 97.1 miles per hour, and they're all laugh at him. But he doesn't have that same presence from a personality standpoint, yeah. but the confidence is there. And I think Bobby Miller is going to have an impact this season. They're going to either use him in a trade – I imagine we watch this, like, be throwing, dangling the trade talks. Love it, but, but yeah. I mean, I think it's a two-way street. Either he has an impact this year as a starter or a reliever, or they flip him as a trade piece. But I think this team is going to keep him. I don't think they're going to yeah. trade away Bobby Miller. There's those certain guys that we know this organization does not want to ship up because they did the <laughs> developing. They know the potential and the ceiling that he has. And I think that, like I said, The Dodgers consider everything, even outside of your ability, and they know that he's a guy that could put butts in the seats and sell jerseys, great on social media, and he checks off all those boxes as well.
0: Be excited about that, guy. Be excited about more stuff to come from Dodgers Nation here on YouTube. I think that's about all we got. Uh, Appreciate the comments. We're hungry. We got money to go to not Denny's tonight, so I got to make sure I treat uh, our boy Noah over there because he's a very hungry boy. He's been working hard all day. But, guys, we appreciate you for hanging out with us. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, Thursday night, uh, live here in the eclectic studio, I'm not gonna call, hanging out with Kenny, our good friend. But uh, while you're online, make sure you don't forget about our giveaway. We're giving away a Freddie Freeman jersey. Dodgersnation.com/slash/giveaways. Enter to win. We are picking the winner. We're announcing the winner next Monday on the live stream, right here from this dining table. So it's gonna be a very exciting time. Uh, while we're gone, hey. Our, our studio, or some people call it the Broom Closet, our studio uh, that we work out of is wide open. Go to 110studio.la if you want to, uh, you guys want a podcast, it's a great spot to go and do it. Um, other things, gearup.la, get some shirts, get some hat, get some merch, support the movement, have a good time. Oh, yeah, and uh, follow us on all the socials, La sports support. Uh, a lot of good stuff. Rocket ship, movement, everything, yada, yada. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for rocking with us, DMAC says. That is DMAC underscore LA Twitter and Instagram. I am RealFRG on Twitter and Instagram. We're Dodgers Nation, just about everywhere on the internet. Subscribe for a freaking great season of content. Bye.